Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Macy. Appreciate you leading us in worship. Um, you know, uh, we voted recently on a, a worship pastor, Dallas Holston, and being in communication with him this, this past week or so, and uh, his start date will be in January, late January, probably the 25th, along in there. But uh, so we can expect that. Um, his last day at Victory Life Baptist Church in Lubbock will be uh, the 10th of January. So uh, we'll look forward to him coming and being on staff later in the month. Uh, but what a blessing uh, it will be. I hope that you all uh, enjoyed your Christmas celebrations. Um, I know some of them are probably still going on and that kind of thing. I know for my family, uh, we really cherished our time together uh, to be be able to be together. I think we had all of our children and uh, my parents and all of our grandchildren except for one. And so we were uh, really blessed with that. And They can sure eat a lot, um, but uh, I'm, I'm grateful to be able to do that and to uh, be with them. You know, you really don't know what you have until it's gone. I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, until you can't meet or you can't go or, or those kind of things, you really don't know what you have. Um, you know, I've always enjoyed great stories, and I've loved this this uh, series that we've been in, um, in Luke, and, and talking about the, the things there. Uh, you know, it really doesn't matter if it's a tragic personal story. You enjoy those. You you also enjoy heartwarming stories that, that raise respect on the inside, maybe feeling like we've redeemed humanity in some way. But our biblical narrative uh, was written by God using the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And I, I think that's huge. Sometimes we, uh, we don't fully grasp how this came into being and, and how God speaks to us through it because the Bible is God's story. It's his story. It's about him, and, and his story was told among family members uh, before it was ever written down. And I think this is, this is big because, you know, daddies taught their children uh, the story about God. They, they, they taught their children about how he created the world and how, uh, you know, who the very first people lived were and about God's intelligent design of, of marriage between a man and a woman and, and what a family is. And, and we, we, we understand that these stories were told by, to, the, to their children by their, their dads and, and, and their moms and it was handed down story after story, family after family, where they lived, what happened with the flood and why God judged the world and, uh, and, and the biblical record that we have is quite literally a story that is told. A story that has been told. And, and you know, one of the larger obligations of the church in general is to pass on the story of God. I mean, that's, that's why we're here, to, to talk about the story of God and, and His Son, Jesus you know, and, the, and the, the church has been called to share his story in expressible and I want to say relatable ways with other people. We need to uh, remember that. See, God's word is living and active. And I'm drawn in by the characters and the stories uh, that are surrounding the birth of Jesus. And as we look at those stories and we've been looking at those and unpacking those and talking about those, we recognize that the, how the gospel the gospel of Jesus Christ speaks to us through these birth narratives. And we've all heard lots of stories, lots of Christmas stories. 
Recently, we, we read and we heard about Zachariah's story. We also heard about uh, the shepherd's story. We also heard Mary's story. And today we come to the last of the, uh, of the four characters that our focus has been on uh, this Christmas season. Uh, people whose lives have been changed and transformed by that first Christmas. And today we're going to talk about Simeon and Simeon's story. And our story is found in, in Luke chapter 2, uh, beginning in verse 22 and following. I'm going to read that, um, and then we'll pray and we'll move on from there. But um, In Luke chapter 2, if you have your scripture and want to open it up, Luke chapter 2, verse 22 and following, uh, God's Word says this. It says, And when the days for their purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Verse 25. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law. Then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which would be said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel. For a sign to be opposed in the sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts many hearts may be revealed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth of your word. Father, I pray that you would guide our hearts as we seek you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would examine our hearts. Father, I pray for those who are hurting. I pray for those who are grieving. Father, I pray for those who are ill and in need of a touch from you. Father, I pray for those who are lonely. I ask God that, that you guide us to you, to your throne. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Guide us. We seek you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
For 40 days after the birth of Jesus, he was taken up to the temple for the first time. And while they were there, this strange thing happened. I mean, a man, man, Mary, and Joseph, and Jesus at their place of worship. His name was Simeon, but he wanted to hold the baby. He asked to hold the baby, and, and you know, it, Simeon lived in Jerusalem, and, and he was probably an old man. He was probably older, um, though the Scripture doesn't say that. And there's no indication given to his position in life. I mean, he may have been a, a priest. He may not have been. He may have been rich. He may have been poor. We don't know. The Scripture doesn't tell us that. But what Scripture does tell us is a fantastic biography of who Simeon is. I mean, think about this. It says he was righteous and devout. So we know that Simeon was right. Okay, he, 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 he walked with uprightness. He walked with integrity. This speaks to, when it says he was righteous, this speaks to his relationship with other people. He was righteous in that. It says that he was devout, which means that he was right with God. So he's, he's righteous in that, in that his relationships are good with other people, but he is devout in that his relationship with God is where it needs to be. This tells us a lot about Simeon. It says that he was seeking, he was looking for the consolation, the comfort, the rescue of Israel. He was waiting for the, the chosen one. He was waiting for the Messiah. And it says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. We know a lot more about Simeon than we think we do. His relationships were good. He was right with God. He cared about his country, his people. And the Holy Spirit was with him. I mean, that is a fantastic recommendation for who Simeon is. You know, I can just see Mary. I bet she was a little reluctant to give her baby to this man who's reaching his arms out to take her. You know, moms can be protective, especially new moms. You know, they've just given birth. They've gone through all this pain. They're protective of this beautiful little package they have. Joseph may have whispered in her ear, you know, that he thought it would be all right. You know, I think it's okay. So she ends up handing her baby boy over to this older man. And what followed was an emotional moment. It was one of those times that, that Mary remembered all as long as she lived, she remembered this moment in time. Simeon held the baby up toward heaven. And he prayed. And as he prayed, he began to sob. He began to cry. He cried and prayed, holding the baby for what seemed probably like hours. You know those moments where it seems like it stops, time stands still, and, and, and you're just in that moment, and it seems like it takes forever? I bet she was standing there waiting, remembering that it, it seemed like it took a long time. And this man said several puzzling things 
such as how he was ready to die now in peace. He muttered that, that he had seen God's salvation. And this deliverance was for everyone, even the Gentiles. I mean, all of this stuff is, it would be difficult to process all at once. And he finally placed the baby back into Mary's arms. And Joseph probably sighed, you know, breathed a sigh of relief. And Simeon continued talking, praising God. And he told the parents that, that many would rise and, and many would fall because of this baby. And he warned the mother that the pain would come. Pain so sharp that she would wonder if she could bear it, but, but she would. And more than that, that hearts would be opened because of this child. People would learn to trust one another, to open their hearts up, to share secrets and intimacies, and to let others know who they really are. And loneliness for these would be a thing of the past. They would know, and they would be known, and it would be a beautiful thing. This old man in the temple said a lot. See, the days passed quickly. Mary and Joseph, they returned home, uh, back to Nazareth. And how good it was to be back among friends, even with those women who counted on their fingers the months that went by and whispered to one another as they drew water concerning Mary. But Mary thought often about Elizabeth and her husband Zachariah and their son, John. She remembered the visit by the angel and poor Joseph not knowing what to do. And then those rowdy shepherds. Oh, jostling and laughing. Oh, how proud they seemed there around the manger. But of all the memories, one would be with her until the day she died. The older man, whose feeble arms were holding up the baby, the baby Jesus before the altar, and all those tears, not sad tears, but glad tears, streaming down his face, like, like two rivers pouring off of his face. She had seen so much those last few days, but somehow nothing moved her more than that old man and her tiny baby. See, Simeon's hope was a large hope. Large hope. We don't know if he had any uh, type of education, but this we know. He looked for the consolation of Israel. He was looking for someone to come and rescue Israel. He was waiting for the anointed one. He was waiting for the Messiah. And at some level, the Holy Spirit had said, you will see the Messiah before you die. He had a word from God. You know, for over a thousand years, probably every woman would wonder, will I be the one who bears the Messiah? 
Will I be the one who, who bears the Messiah for all of Israel? And, and, and every father would ask, I wonder if it's going to be our family that is the blessed family. The family who brings the Messiah. And so by word of mouth, by word of mouth, the story was told. One day, He shall come. One day he shall come. This hope that Simeon had was a large hope. One day he shall come. You know, the words first appeared as their cities were sieged and stormed and ransacked. One day he shall come. In exile, lonely, and hopeless, trying to sing the Lord's song in a strange land. They heard the words, one day he shall come. Finally, the exile ended and they were back home among the dust and the, the crumbling ruins and the building projects and the words came back, one day he shall come. Their land was overrun a hundred times until in Simeon's day, the Romans drove their chariots down the streets and they spat in their faces. Oh, here and there, a flower would crop up through the rocky soil. And we hear those words, one day he shall come. See, Simeon believed in the consolation of Israel that would become a living reality. He believed that in his time, with all the odds stacked against him, that God would enter history. That God would show up on behalf of Israel. And his faith was in God that was in the present. Not in some far off reaching future reality. But here and now. See, Simeon's hope was that God was in the present tense. And like Simeon, we are all called to see what others cannot see. We walk by faith and not by sight. See, God's reign begins now, not in the future. So like Simeon, we believe in God with a bedrock faith that reminds us of the, the consolation of Israel. Verse 29 says, Now Lord, God of the present, now Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Simeon was seen. He was walking by faith. But what he noticed is that this hope, his hope, was for everyone. For all people. I mean, once a year, like it or not, Christmas rolls around. And all of us need a transfusion of hope now and again and again and again. 
especially this year. We need some of that hope. See, Christ brings salvation, a wholeness, an integrity that we need and that we desire. Simeon's hope was a large hope, and ours must be a large hope as well. We need to to jump in with both feet. Notice that Simeon discovered the child in the temple. He discovered the child in the temple. In the religious institution of his day. Somewhere between the morning welcome and the closing prayer. He discovered more than he ever imagined standing right in front of him. See, God uses these frail structures to get his point across. So we read that Mary and Joseph, you know, when the baby was eight days old before his circumcision, they called him his name Jesus after what the angel had told them. Forty days later, Mary went to the temple in Jerusalem for the ceremony of purification. And then Luke summarized in verse 39, it says, And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth. See, through the earthen vessel of a flawed religious establishment, He came. He came. And Simeon discovered, despite the silly regulations, despite the rigid brittleness, the inflexibility of the temple, that God met him there. Folks, we need to understand that. That the treasure still comes in clay pots. Treasure still comes in clay pots. I mean, there's never been a perfect fellowship or a church. And there never will be. I mean, don't you think there was problems in the Jewish synagogue there? I mean, surely there was not enough money. And some probably disagreed violently with the rabbi. And no doubt, some were embarrassed by the way the facilities were being kept. But remember this, as he was born in a manger, as he was born in a manger and he was first shown to a congregation like us. They brought him to church for the days of purification had been accomplished. And Simeon found him in church. The treasure always comes in earthen vessels. God's treasure. See, Simeon also discovered that Christmas has a shadow side. We don't talk about this side of Christmas very much. We don't particularly care for it. But a shadow fell across the temple that day. Verse 34 says, And Simeon blessed them and said to to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed and a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. I mean, how easy it is for us to focus on the silver bells 
and the dreaming of a white Christmas and baby Jesus asleep in the hay. But wait, there's a dark side to the story. King Herod, fearful for his own position, killed every male child two years and younger before that season ended. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the grief of those parents, of those ladies? Their babies now gone. Joseph and Mary, they left under the cover of darkness and fled to Egypt so they could spare their own child. So here Simeon became a prophet. This child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel. And we really desperately need to hear this. We need to hear it and we need to hear it. What this means is that Jesus makes demands of us. Jesus makes demands of us. <laughs> it's like the baby that you brought home from the hospital. You know, maybe in a white or the pink or the, the, the blue outfit. You know, how wonderful it all seemed with the, the baby showers and all the cards and all that sweet advice. And then suddenly there's a piercing cry at 2 a.m. and you think something terrible has happened. Or later on, you have to get a babysitter and it's way more complicated than you ever imagined. And then when you have to go on a trip, oh my, besides your luggage, you know, your stuff, there's the sippy cup. There's the high chair. There's the diaper bag. There's the pack and play. There's the toys. There's the pacifier. And there's the, and there's the, and there's the. I laughed out loud yesterday as my son was packing up to go back to Floydata. All of the stuff that he loaded the back of his truck with. And most of it was for the little guy. Most of it was for him. You soon discover that it takes two hours to unpack all the stuff that the baby requires. And the parenting magazine didn't tell you all of that. So my point is this. When the baby comes, things change. When the baby comes, things change. Diapers get changed. Sleep habits get changed. You know, other habits change too. Priorities change. Spending habits change. Everything changes with a baby. And there's this shadow that falls across the manger. You cannot love him without following him. You cannot love him without following him and you cannot following him, follow him without making some changes. Basic changes that take place in your life. Let me break this down for you just a little bit. Jesus, when he comes into our lives, he judges our ways, 
our wills, and our worries. He looks at our bank account as well as our heartaches. He judges us by a different standard. Maybe a different standard than we've ever known before. It's that upside down kingdom thing. Have we forgiven 70 times 7? Do we really turn the other cheek? Do we walk the second mile? It's nice for us to say we do, but do we actually do that? When we partake of communion, have we made peace with our wife? Have we made peace with our child? Have, have we made peace with the Lord God? See, this love, this love hurts. Just as parenting sometimes hurts. And we know about that, don't we? Swords pierce souls. That's what Simeon said in verse 35. I'm almost done. A sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. See, Mary, Mary remembered Simeon's words. That awful day, as she stood on Calvary, at the foot of the cross and felt his warm red blood course down from his feet across her hand, down her arm and onto her robe. She remembered the words of Simeon. And a sword will pierce even your own soul. Love hurts. Sacrificial love hurts. You know, Jesus said in John 15, 13, He said, Greater love has no one than this to lay down His life for His friends. But that's only part. I mean, there are people to trust. Jesus said, You believe in God, believe also in Me. This trust some people will understand and will come to bear your burdens when they seem so terribly heavy. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 11. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you least expect it. Somebody will send a card or a flower arrangement or a word of encouragement. You find that the load is a little bit more bearable. See, of all of the Christmas characters that have wandered on and off of the stage at Christmas, you have Zachariah, you have Elizabeth, you have Mary, Joseph, the shepherds. I think my favorite is old Simeon. Maybe with his looking out of his cataract encrusted eyes. He held out his arms to take the baby. And through eyes that could barely see. Simeon saw. 
he truly saw. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his one and only, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Folks, that's, that's what Christmas is all about. Is God sending his son for us, for sinners like us. Let's pray. Loving Father, I thank you for this time and I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for the story about Simeon and I thank you, Father, that he was able to see even through the earthen vessel your glory. Father, that he believed you. Father, that your Holy Spirit was upon him. Father, that, that, that you were there in that moment, in that place, in that time. And Father, that you are here in this moment, in this place, in this time. Father, I ask that you would continue to examine our hearts. I thank you, Father, for the Lord Jesus who came and gave his life for us. And Father, when we receive him into our hearts when we receive him into our lives <laughs> father everything everything changes father we will never be the same after we encounter jesus i ask father that in this moment in this time that your holy spirit would Reveal to each of our hearts the truth of where we are. And Father, that if we don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that today we could meet him here in this place. Father, I ask that your will would be done. I pray, Father, for the souls of men and women, of sons and daughters. I pray, Father, that you would draw them to yourself. God, that you would do that by your power. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving your life for mine. That I might have a relationship with God. Father, thank you for eternal life. Thank you for the hope that you give us each and every day. Father, we love you. Guide us in this time of response. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.